light, light from the dance, light from the dance. We, uh, last week we were talking about this, this, this concept of getting in the dance, that there is this oneness that we are invited into with God. Not just walking with God, but we saw in the prayer of Jesus that we are actually called to walk in God. And what we talked about that was that communion looks like uh, a circle dance, if you will. That the idea of Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, is not laid out in this hierarchy of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Rather that the, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are in communion with, with each other in this idea of what we discovered was perichoresis. And that perichoresis, and it's, it's up there if you didn't get to write that down next week, that perichoresis literally means to go in a circular movement or momentum. And we talked about that this word perichoresis, which is the word used to describe the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that there was actually a Greek dance that this word actually described where you had to have at least three in this dance. And when the three would get in this circular dance, that they would spin around in rhythm and in step and spin and spin and spin until it got to the point of almost a blur. And that, that you could not tell who was who because the dance was in such rhythm that there was a unity of all three. Not a father telling the son what to do or the, or the son telling the spirit what to do, but there was a communion of all three working together as the God in the perichoresis communion relationship. Does that make sense? And we talked about how communion with God is actually an invitation into that dance. That communion with God, we, 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 we had this illustration last week where we had three people up here spinning and spinning, spinning and spinning around and around. And what would happen is religion teaches you to get outside that circle and watch it spin and worship God. But the Lord says, I have redeemed you, not so that you could worship me from a distance, but get in the dance with me so that we can be one. Right? That is the idea of getting in the dance, the perichoresis, the trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And, and we even talked about how that is essentially what revival is. That we get, in, we get into the rhythm of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit communion relationship that we, we get to a point where it, it is literally a blur or an outpouring of him where we can't even... Even give credit to, is it Holy Spirit? Is it Father? Is it Jesus? It's just the three-in-one manifestation. And revival is he is filling the room up so much that we allow, we, we actually give him permission, the God of the universe, to interrupt our thinking, interrupt our ideas, and all we can do is worship him because we get this revelation that he is present. He's present. He is present. Do you hear that? God is here among us and with us, and he does not want us to be separated. And we've built this idea of church where we come to receive, but I believe that the next outpouring of God is not come to receive, but come to get in. You hear that? Come to get in. I have been so guilty myself of when I visit other churches, my wife pointed this out to me as I said last week, that I worship differently in those houses. And she said, it's like you go all in relentless, but you're too busy criticizing what's going on there. And it made me realize I got to get outside of my criticism and learn to just get in the dance wherever it might be. And I think criticism is one of the biggest strongholds in the church because everyone thinks they know everything. But we have to be willing to say, let us get in the dance to where we don't have to have an understanding of everything. We just have a revelation of, oh my, I'm in the presence of God. You hear that? I want to be so lost in the oneness with God that I can't tell where I begin and he, and he begins. I just want to be one with him. Is anyone with me on that? That's my heart. That's my desire. Jesus said he couldn't even do a thing separate from the Father because he was in that constant communion. The Father is in me. I am in him. And that prayer is for us. What a day it could be that we are in such oneness with God. 
that we cannot do a thing without the Father's heart on it. Last week, I read a passage in Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 20. And as, as I was reading it more and more, I want to read it again, but I want to start at verse 15, and I'm going to unpack some things. And I, I actually don't think I'm going to take an hour tonight, so uh, don't, I'm not going to promise that, but um, the Lord's given me something very specific. In verse 15, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. Leave that up there. Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. That image is a Greek word that actually expresses two ideas. And I think we all are familiar with one of the ideas and not too familiar with the other one. The first idea of image is that it is simply meant to be in likeness, as in a reflection in a mirror. Most of us have heard those scriptures of 1 Corinthians 13 when it says we see dimly in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. Or maybe you're familiar um, in James when we see that disobedience is like looking in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you look like, right? We're familiar with the idea of, of the likeness or the image of God, that we are to be obedient to him and that he invites us into oneness and that there is an image of we want to see God in all things. But the other part, of, of image is actually a word that simply means manifestation. Christ is the visible manifestation of the invisible God. Manifestation means God is fully revealed in Jesus. Now we've been talking about this for a few weeks, but hear this. God is made fully visible in Jesus. In Jesus we see the fullness of the Father, right? In Jesus, we see the fullness of the perichoresis. In Jesus, we see what it looks like to, to be in the dance. He doesn't do anything separate from the Father. He didn't even start his ministry until, he was, uh, until the Spirit descended on him. He was in constant communion. We see that dance. Therefore, if the Scripture says we are made in his image, then the goal is for God, the three-in-one, the perichoresis, to be fully manifested in our walk as in a blurred circle dance. To be made in his image means that at some point, the fullness of God should be manifested for you. But when we have a theology that we are separated from God... We don't give ourselves permission to enter in such oneness that his power and his authority and his glory can actually manifest in us and through us. So miracles are simply a fruit of people getting in the dance. Because it is a, it is a manifested thing to bear his likeness or bear his image. To love one another is a manifestation of his fullness. To bless those who persecute you is a manifestation of his fullness, right? That in Genesis 1, 27, it says God created man in his image, which means God created you in his likeness and wants to manifest all of him in and through you so that when people see you, they would see the Father, that the world would come to Jesus because they know him through you, right? Let's continue in verse 16. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. You hear that? He created everything in heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we cannot see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Jesus was not created when he was born. He has always been. He has existed as one with the Father, as the spoken word of the Father, but in the Father. 
He was around in Genesis. He was around before we have anything happen with creation story. He has always been. So Jesus was just as present in Genesis as he was in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right? And again, not alone, but in a what? Perichoresis. He was in a dance. Right? So all creation, it says, rests or is placed in the dance of Yahweh. All of creation is rested in the dance of Yahweh. If you think about how the universe was formed, uh, Christy last week pointed this out to me. I thought it was great that even the, the, the universe and the earth is in an orbit or a what? A circle. Seasons come and change in, in this circle, if you will. Everything was literally made in the image or communion. Of God. In other words, everything was actually made in his image. So redemption is redeeming the original image. Y'all follow me? I'm setting this up to get to the place where we need to go. It says all kingdoms were made in him. Because demons were originally created to worship God just like we were. The problem was demons wanted to get out of the dance with him, fallen angels, that's what demons are, Satan. They wanted to get out of the dance with him because they didn't want to give him worship, and they created their own dance. And sometimes people are just as lost as those demons, and it's not that they have a power over you, it's just that in a moment you start to agree with their dance. So when Eve was walking in the garden, there was a separate dance going on in an area she shouldn't have been around and with a tree that she should have never touched. But for some reason, she says, I've had enough of the dance here. I want more of that dance. And she started to commune with the enemy by eating a piece of fruit. Eating the tree from the garden was a perversion of communion. The enemy said, here, take and eat. Just like Jesus says at the Last Supper here, Take and eat. Is this making sense? I know some of this is review, but I'm, I'm, I'm going deeper. People are sometimes just as lost as they are because we go into an agreement with the dance. Now watch this in verse 18. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he first... He is first in everything, for God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. You hear that? Jesus was not alone. The fullness of God was present in the flesh man, Jesus. The word fullness means the totality of divine powers and attributes. So all of God was in Christ. And because of that, look at verse 20. Through him... God reconciled everything to himself. It's, it's not that Jesus died so that, the father's, so that the Father's wrath would be pleased. It's that all three said, we are going to give ourselves to get you back. The Father says, I'm going to reconcile you back to me through the fullness evident in a body. Right? He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. For God in all of his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. You hearing that? You can't debate this scripture. It's pretty plain. Through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on the earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That's like twice. That's awesome. Um, I read it twice. We've been reconciled to God. Divine communion means you are intended to enter in a circle dance or a relationship where all three in one work in perfect rhythm and unity, and God not only invites you to walk with him, but to walk in him. Okay? That's what's going on in this reconciliation. I am bringing you back to me so that you can not only worship me, but you can be in and one with me. So that you being made in my image can manifest who I am. Let, let, let me show you the prayer again just in case you are questioning what I'm saying. 
John 17, verse 20. I am praying, I am praying not only for these disciples, but all for, for, for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That means all of you, right? I pray that they will be all one, just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may they be in us. Hear that? So that the world will believe that you sent me. The world will believe that Jesus was sent when the people of God manifest his likeness. Right? I have given them the glory you gave me. You hear that? God says, I gave, my, I gave the people who believe in me the glory that I have. So they may be as one as we are one. So pause right there. It's not the call of the church to be only unified in fellowship with each other. But that we are to be unified in fellowship with each other and unified in fellowship with Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Right? Communion, not just with each other in a unified purpose, but a unified purpose in God. Right? I am in them, you are in me, verse 23. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me and that you love them as much as you love me. To be in is to walk with God in his image. To be in the dance is walking with God in his very image so that we will be drawn to the very life of God and perfect love of God. Jesus did not simply pray for a unified church in love, but a unified church in shared divine nature which is why we are referred to as the body of Christ. Not just followers, not just believers, not just disciples, but, the, but part of the fullness of who he is. That's why he loves us so much that he would die for us. He says, my desire is for us to be one. Okay. Jesus says in verse 22, I have given them the glory that you gave me. He says, I have given them the likeness to manifest my nature so that the world would see oneness. I know this is slow going, but I, I want you to really press into this. I have given them the likeness to manifest my nature so the world will see us as one. What is his nature? His presence, his power, his spirit, his authority, his leadership, his love, all of it. Speaking of glory, we come to an interesting passage in 2 Corinthians 4.6. It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And we'll leave that up there. It is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in, in the face of Jesus Christ. Knowledge of the glory in the face of Jesus. To know this glory is not by way of information. But when it says to know the glory of God, it is by way of intimacy. God has given us the ability to know glory as in intimacy, or another word, oneness. The way we know glory is not by knowing of the glory but by understanding he made us one with that which is glorious. You hear that? Yeah. You know, one of the last revival outpourings was uh, at that college. What was the college you may know? Asbury. As Asbury. And part of the way it broke out was that the students just could not get enough. 
They were so bold to enter in that they did not wait for a leader to give them permission. Because they were, they were one in that they knew glory. They were in the dance. They were experiencing a revelation of, oh, we are in the presence of God. And they started going and worshiping. And all of a sudden, days and days and days later, after this blur, after this circle dance of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, people were being saved, people were worshiping all night long, people were dancing, people were out, out in the uh, streets, people were giving testimony. It was just an outpouring of the glory of God because they had a simple revelation. Oh, this glory is, is, is we can be one with this. We can experience the presence of God. And they went right in. I saw, uh, I see every week us getting deeper and deeper in this idea of a glorious manifest manifestation. I saw four or five people here, including a man who's going to get half of his lung taken out next week, dancing. And it wasn't, you know, we, he was trying to get on the dance team. He wouldn't have made it. <laughs> it, it, it was simply, it, there, was, there, there was an agreement among believers of, oh, we're in his presence, and they could not help but dance. And I'm not doing this as a comparison, saying that all of you should have gotten the dance. What I am saying is there is a dance, and you have to have a revelation of where do I get in the dance. Do I get in a dance? Do I get in a posture of raised hands? Do I get in a posture of sitting in my seat? Do I, what, do I get in a posture of I don't ever want to leave his presence? Because it... It's, it's not an atmosphere that a worship team creates. You need to have an understanding that God is here. And he invites us into a dance of being one with him. One. Oneness. And he says, when you get a revelation that I've invited you into oneness, you will know by way of oneness what glory is. Do y'all remember the manifestations? They happen sometimes today, but a lot more 15 years, 20 years ago, manifestations called glory clouds. And you can think of what you want by that. You know, if you don't believe it, I don't, I don't care. People didn't believe Jesus was God. So, but the, 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 there, were, there were these manifestations called glory clouds, right? They would see like this thing hovering over the, in, in the, the midst of worship. Where we would miss it is gazing at the cloud instead of understanding it as an invitation into oneness. Yes. Maybe that's why they left. Is this getting too, too, too weird? I think the church needs to get weirder. We need to look like aliens and strangers and foreigners to this world. It was a manifestation that is an invitation to get in. We, we've missed it at Relentless. Like those times when languages start coming out, there was an invitation to go in. Times when worship breaks out where the congregation takes over, those were invitations to go in. And we have to have this revelation of the invitation to go in. The, the, the purpose of a service on a Saturday or a Sunday, for this house at least, should not be let's come so that you can get filled up, but let's come because we want to come into agreement with presence. Yes. And when you are in presence, the fruit of presence is you get filled up. But you don't come to get filled, you come to worship the one who is present. The goal is not filling the goal is oneness, and fruit of oneness is filling. Am, 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 I, am I going off the, is this okay? Okay. Now, we are so one with God that we are literally made in his image. Literally. He is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are made up of three parts, spirit, soul, and body. We operate in fullness when we get ourselves in a circle dance communion by renewing your mind, submitting your flesh, and being led by the Spirit. Yeah. 
How, how do I enter into the fullness of God? Renew your mind. Submit your flesh. Be led by the Spirit. And what's happened in charismatic circles, which people would call this church that to some degree, you being led by the Spirit means nothing if that which the Spirit gives is not delivered through a submitted flesh and soul. Because what good is the Word of God if it's tainted with judgment and hypocrisy? We have to take these personal inventories of how can I get my flesh submitted to God? How can I renew my mind so that when I'm submitted to the Spirit, the Spirit is received and not blocked by my flesh and my soul? The Spirit may want you to minister in a moment, but your heart gets in the way because you don't want to offend. Or your heart gets in the way where the, the, the Spirit says, don't touch that thing, and your heart says, oh, but I want to love them. There has to be a circle dance agreement with all three parts of ourselves for the fullness of God to manifest in the thing that was created in his image. For instance, there was a time when Jesus had to leave a town because they wouldn't receive him. But your heart sometimes will say, you better stay there because you, you, you need to be with that place because those people need Jesus. Trust me, he'll get to the people he needs. But he had to separate in a moment. He, 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 he could not, he, he had to submit to Father and Spirit. Is this making sense? We can't be led by our heart. We can't be led by our flesh. And when we are led by the Spirit, we have to make sure that our heart and our flesh are in alignment. Fullness. Okay. So if we are invited into this dance, is this making sense tonight? Okay. And <laughs> Dang. <laughs> so if we are invited into this dance and redeemed so that we can be one in his nature, I want to pay attention to something at the beginning of that verse in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. It says, it is the God, throw it up there if you don't mind, it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Not into it, out of it. The God, just leave that up there. The God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, not into it, out of it. God is calling light to come out of darkness. The knowing of him to come out of places that are separated from him. You were once in darkness. But now, because you are submitted to Christ, light is coming out of that thing which was previously hidden. What was hidden? True you. Darkness was Simon. Light came out of Simon being revealed as who? Peter. And what we think is, we need to get light in, but the Lord says, I'm going to bring light out of. So it gives you a whole different idea of how do I bless my enemies because I'm blessing them with the prayer that light comes out of that which we only see as dark. When we walk in his image, knowing will come in the midst of unknowing. Not light from an external place, but light from within. And here's where I want to get into the part of the night that might push your theology a little bit. I want to go back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. And I, I believe the Lord has given me a revelation of light. I hope this has been applicable so far. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.1. God created. The Hebrew word for created, bara, means to come out of nothing. 
Now, some theologians would say that that means that God created the world separate from God. But that can't be. Because Ephesians 4, 6 says, There is one God who is Father of all, over all, through all, and in all. Furthermore, if the earth was separate from God, then why is the earth groaning for him if it never knew him? According to Romans 8. Is that the, the earth is groaning as in the, the, the birth pains of, of, of childbirth. Groaning for the sons of God to be revealed. Because the earth is in chaos and it's wanting to be put back into order. I'm jumping in my message, but what, what order? The earth came out of circle dance. And now it's in a communion with anything but. Because the ones it submits to are not in the dance. So it's groaning to get back in this communion. So when Jesus spoke to the storm, it didn't just recognize authority. It recognized that's, the, that's where I was birthed out of. So when, we, so when we get back in that dance, the, bearing the likeness of the image of God, which is the fullness of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, will cause us to have authority over things like weather and storms. Not because of who you are or how mature you are, but because it recognizes the communion you sit in. <laughs> so God created the heavens and the earth, and they all came out of his image. We talked about that. Everything in his image. Because he didn't form them, he formed man from dust. But he didn't have anything to form. So all the creation simply came out of who he was. And who he was was not just father, but the actual term there in Genesis 1-1, God, is actually Elohim. Yeah. Elohim is actually a word that means, it's a plural word meaning more than one. So when it says God created the earth, the heavens and the earth, it, it is actually saying God's uh, as in three and one. And if you want to go deeper into the theological envelope, he, Revelation says he is the king of kings, he is the lord of lords. And other, or, or some translations even say big God over little gods. Meaning he gave you the authority to steward everything in, 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 the, in the earth. So if you want to get even deeper, before the earth was formed, we were actually in the dance with him forming. So when the earth responds to you, it's because it's, it recognizes you coming out of circle dance. Y'all receiving this? I'm, I'm not saying you're God. Big G. But I am saying that you are a human version of the fullness of God's attributes. That existed in him before we were formed. That's what it means when he says, I, I created you before the foundations of the earth. Genesis 1. Am I, is this crazy? No? Okay. All right. Now, now watch this. It was a circle dance of all three that communed together. And out of their communion was a creation called heaven and earth. That's why God dwells in both heaven and earth because both were created out of him. God didn't come from heaven. Heaven came out of God. He created heaven and earth. That's why he dwells in the midst of all of it. They exist in him. They came out of him. The, the, in, in, in verse, the earth was groaning because of that circle dance. Now watch verse 2. It says that the earth was formless and empty and the darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, stop right there. Darkness covered the waters, 
And the Spirit of God hovered over the surface of the waters. Now, it says he created it, but now it's without form. Kind of confusing, right? Many study this out with the actual words meaning without form means without order or in chaos. So God created the heavens and the earth in verse 1. And in verse 2, everything he created was in chaos. That's not God. Now, by the end of the seven days of creation, we see man walking and someone's in the garden. Who? Not just Adam and Eve. And not just God. Come on. Yeah. Satan. He was in the garden. When Satan fell from heaven to earth, it is safe to assume that the fall happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Because he created everything, but then everything he created was in chaos. And what was covering it? Darkness. Now, Now watch this. Darkness was now present which was in resistance to the moving of the dance. Because it doesn't say the spirit was still over the water. It was hovering. (laughs) Like, this is like, like, so, ow, this is so good. The darkness, this darkness was not, it was dark. This was a different kind of darkness, a heaviness that was sitting over the face of the deep that did not want what was in the waters to respond to the communion that it was birthed out of originally. This darkness is actually spoken of in Exodus. Let me show you Exodus 10, 21-23. The Lord said to Moses, lift your hand toward heaven and the land of Egypt will be covered with a darkness so thick that you can feel it. Watch this. So Moses lifted his hand to the sky. A deep darkness covered the entire land of Egypt for three days. During all the time, the people could not see each other. No one moved, but there was light as usual where the people of Israel lived. So it wasn't darkness darkness as in there was no light. But there was a covering that separated the people from the dwelling place of God, which is why Israel had light because they were dwelling with him. Can I go even further with that? You want to know why there was darkness for three hours on the cross? Because there was something that was manifesting because in that moment, no one dwelled and the sun was totally separated as sin. So darkness fell. The same darkness that played Egypt. The same darkness that covered the waters in Genesis 1. Now, this was not night and day. This was a separation. Darkness covering the water. Because a perverted ruler was trying to take this realm. And, And an earth that was created out of communion was now in chaos because it did not know a world outside of circle dance and things in the dance of Satan only produce chaos and corruption. Why was the earth in chaos? Because it didn't know that dance. It didn't know that dance called darkness. It didn't know that dance called corruption. It was created full in his image. So the circle dance starts again with the spirit hovering over the waters that was covered in darkness. Another way to say it, darkness separated creation from him, so God, in the circle dance, says something. What does he say? Let, verse 3, God says, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, 
And then he separated light from the darkness. From the darkness. God called the light day, the darkness night, evening passed, morning came, making the first day. The spirit was hovering, and the word here describes movement. There was movement happening that was going to bring original earthly image out of a thing that was buried in darkness. And when the movement happened, when this circle dance communion started going, the word of the dance said, let there be light. But it was not until after light came that God said it's good. And when he saw that this light was good, he says, okay, let's use this light and separate the night and the morning. And it wasn't until days later he said, I'll create a sun and a moon. So the light did not come from the sun. It did not come from the moon. And the light that was spoken was actually not originally intended, if you will, to simply separate day and night. God said, I'm getting light into the problem of an earth that was in my communion being covered in darkness. The same word for light, it does not translate as light from a substance. It translates light from a supernatural aspect, and the word literally translates as fire. Y'all receiving this? I know, I know they are. Now, here's where it gets even cooler. So when God says, let there be light, it was actually more likened to what? Fire, right? Now, this same word for light in Genesis 1-3 is found in another place. The Lord is speaking of Egypt, trusting in its own strength, trusting in its idols, and that he is coming. And this is what God says in Isaiah 31, 9. Even the strongest will quake with terror. Princes will flee when they see your battle flag, says the Lord, whose fire burns in Zion, whose flames blaze from Jerusalem. Fire, a synonym of light, and it says this light came from Zion. What I'm, Zion is the presence or dwelling place of God. Amen. Psalm 132 says that Zion was the resting place where, he'll, where he will dwell forever. God's kingdom. It's a heavenly realm. It, Zion is the city of the living God. What did I just say? It's the what? The city of the living God. Which is why we have a literal Mount Zion, a hill within Jerusalem where the city of David was established. Because even the earth was made in the likeness or the fullness of his image. Zion, the city of God, a place of his dwelling under his government. And when God said, let there be light, fire of God from Zion came into the earth. So, the source of the light that caused darkness to obey was Zion. Meaning, when God said, let there be light, he was bringing heaven into the earth. And when heaven invaded the earth, order revealed what was in the earth over the next six days. All coming out of what? Darkness. And when we get into divine communion with God and walk in his image, it says that this is our image in Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. In other words, he says, you are the fire from heaven that I have sent to bring my image out of dark places. He says, when my people get unified in the communion with God, you are the city on a hill. You are the indwelling of Zion into every dark place. 
So in other words, what Christ did on the cross restored you to the communion that caused the earth to be formed from Zion itself. Let me say it another way. God said, I'm bringing my dwelling place into this darkness. And he says, now I'm calling my dwelling place you. You are the light. You are the fire of Zion. You are the dwelling place of God. Now, now, he says, now I want you to reveal what's in the darkness. You know what darkness is? Darkness is sickness. You know what's what's underneath the hovering of darkness? Healing. You you, you know what bitterness and and revenge is? It's it's darkness. You you, you know what's in the darkness? The, 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 The fire that would bring that out? Forgiveness. But we will not walk as the source of light. If we do not commune with God in the dance. You see, it all responds to us because that's where we were originally created from. It was all in communion. We were with God. We were in God. And he loved us so much that he created something out of the earth and said, I'm going to put you in this vessel. Because I want the thing, you, that exists with me to reign over this beautiful thing that I just created. And it's so beautiful that he says, in the fullness of time, I'm not going to take you from the earth and keep you in heaven, but I'm going to recreate it in my image and then put you right back. That's why eternity doesn't start when you go to heaven. Eternity starts the moment you said yes. If I, if I can even go, go even further, and, and, and there's even scripture that points to it that we, that we can translate in different ways, but we always call heaven our home. Heaven is our home, but it is heaven in earthly realities is home. So the wor- this earth is our home, but it doesn't look or operate like home yet. So you bring the light of God to get the earth to start operating like heaven. Heaven on earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Light from the dance. We are called to get in such communion with God that darkness can no longer separate all potential from responding to his spirit. If we would understand that we are coming into the presence of God, we would do less criticizing, we would do less pointing out what's wrong and what's right, and just simply be consumed in the circle dance. Consumed in a relationship with God where when we come together, it is a joyous celebration that we are with God. So with God that all theology never matters because things that happen that your theology can't explain. A day when, just like Jesus says, if, if, there's, uh, if I wrote down everything I've done, pages could not contain it. And I know I risk a lot by saying this, but some of us hold a written word to such a high esteem that it actually can become a dark place hindering spirit. Because what you do is you take the word and you say, if it didn't happen in the pages, it can't happen now. Because you're actually idolizing authors over the author. Everything in this book is true, Amen. Everything in us of God, breathed by God, for God, in God, it's all, it's all him, yeah. right? But how dare we stop at, you know, page, you know, 1,000 or 3,000, whatever your Bible is. The New Testament didn't end 
We're, we're in the New Testament. And if we're going to pray for new wine and new outpourings of the Holy Spirit, how dare we compare to a new outpouring to what's already happened? You know how you can tell if an outpouring is of God or not? Because it says, if you commune with me, you will know if it's my glory. Because the glory looks like him. How can we be positioned for new things to come that we've never seen? The new things still look like Jesus. The new things still look like the fullness of God. And if we would embrace that revelation, as weird as it may get, we would say yes. Can you imagine what it was like for Abraham to meet a God that no one else believed in or conceived of? And yet, in 2024, some of us don't have faith to believe or faith to trust that out of the, there's more things that can be revealed out of the darkness. And it won't come by just simply praying. It's part of it. It's praying, it's worshiping, it's devotion, it's I live my life in communion with God. And when he walks into the room, Everything will change. I love that song. You ever heard that song? When you walk into the room, everything changes. But how long are we going to sing it with nothing changing? It's not going to be when the music gets louder or the drums start pumping. It's going to be when every single one of us get in the dance. You are the fire from Zion. Let's bring this world to Jesus. Yes. Amen. Yes. Let's stand up. Can we just give God praise tonight? Yeah.